Assalamu alaikum welcome to the progeny podcast this week with me i have my dear friend nuri sardar poet spoken word artist and filmmaker inshallah in today's episode we will be speaking about the holy month of muharram and the service we'll speak about poetry and the different styles of writing as well as sincerity in serving imam hussein the identity of muslim youth and nuri will give us advice for poets Mr. Sardar, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you, uh, my dear friend and brother, who I had the honor of working alongside and also, alhamdulillah, had the honor of uh, doing ziyara of Imam al Hussein alongside yourself on many occasions, especially during the time of Arba'in, which we are coming to, inshallah, very soon. Inshallah, Arba'in again? Yeah, inshallah, hopefully. That's the plan. Uh, how many years have you been? Uh, so your first trip was 2010. Yep. You told me the other day. So yep. I went the year afterwards. So that's uh, so like almost nine nine trips in a row now. MashaAllah. Alhamdulillah. Hopefully, Tenth one. Yeah, hopefully we'll keep going. 40-40s. 40-40s, inshallah. Inshallah. May Allah give us the honor and the the privilege of visiting Imam al-Hussein during Arba'in. And I, inshallah we'll speak about it later on, about that, the whole experience of Arba'in. Um what does the month of Muharram mean to you? So subhanAllah, I think, um, I was thinking about this on the way here. Uh, we hear the hadith, uh, I believe it's of the Holy Prophet, that the love of Hussein uh, is like a fire in the hearts of, of the believer that never subsides. Uh, and I think one thing that uh, is very apparent to me every single year is that in the month leading up to Muharram, you yep. feel that kind of, that, that emotion coming to you, right? Yep. Uh, I have this like running joke with uh, Haji Ahmed Sharif who records our albums. Because I always go to him so late before Muharram. Yeah. And he always says, why? I'm like, I'll be honest with you, <laughs> during the year, I'm mm-hmm. at a state of mind where I'm like, I'm not even going to do an album this year. You know, I don't think I can do anything that's good enough. Um, you know, it's just too, it's, it's too much. Don't use, don't want to say too much effort, but it's, it's very stressful. Yeah. But then as Muharram approaches, you feel that fire in you. You just feel like you have to do something. You have to contribute toward the, the message of Imam Hussein, Islam, and, and express that love of Hussein. And just generally, you know, even um, when it you know, was uh, leading up to, to, to Muharram, uh, I remember it being a week before Muharram, and I felt the emotions just really building up inside yeah. me, um, uh, knowing that, um, you know, um, the, 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 the 10 days of mourning are coming And subhanAllah as well I've realized over the years That it's really something That re-energizes you as well Okay You know I think just generally in life You know you're really um, Pulled aside by work By family yeah, By yeah, all your yeah. all, all, all the things you need to do yeah, yeah. And it really drains you The same way you know Traveling kind of re-energizes you yeah. I feel like every Muharram You're re-energized spiritually You know it gives you that 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 Not only that, that um, uh, Spiritual compass But also moral compass so mm. subhanAllah, I think one thing that's uh, amazing about the message of Hussein alayhi salam, you know, when you think about what's the reason that we go every year to sit down and listen to the majalis, what comes out of it? Um, and it's really that, um, not only that that, 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 that spiritual um, thrust that you get, but also um, that, that thirst for justice. So, you know, right now, Haji Mustafa, you're driving home after this, um, you know, if you see someone whose car's broken down or you see someone who's getting bullied or who's in trouble, you know, we have that energy in us to kind of like stop and help that person, right? Because the majority of, and the story of Mama Hussein has really pushed us to, to, to yearn for justice. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about uh, the 10 days of Muharram. It's, it's just nice that you mentioned that Muharram is, is, is a time where, I mean, I heard, I heard someone say something really nice the other day and I've used it as well. He says life is like a Formula One race. You're on a racetrack and you're racing. Um, but in a Formula One race, there's this thing called a pit stop. 
mm. where you stop to change your tires, they add a bit of petrol in your car, uh, gives you a little breather, and then you start again. So he said uh, the month of um, Muharram is like this. It's like a pit stop where we 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 have a break from uh, from from our lives, and then we 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 we, we spend it, you know. Um, even I think Subhanallah, I know we're going to talk about this later, but Ziara as well. Um, when we think about Ziara, we, we we sometimes think about it on a very superficial level, going for not superficial, but a, a somewhat deeper level, going and and, say, and visiting our Imam. But on a very basic level, the one thing it does do is 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 it just takes us out of our our life of here living in the West and in, in such comfort. That. Yeah, for that. sure. And when you're there, like you, you see not only um, the, the Ziara itself, but you see that people aren't living as privileged as you are. You know, here we have. Oh, you know, yeah. you love the words law and order. Everything goes to plan. You know, yeah, you, yeah. you go to a shop, you get in, you get in a queue. Over there, things work very differently, yeah. uh, and you come back here just really appreciating what you have the much more. Yeah, the law and <laughs> the health and safety, and just generally like you know, we're blessed with so much here. Uh, and so. I know, I think, I think every part of the world has its pros and cons, um, but it, just experiencing that and coming back to your life uh, really re-energizes you in that sense as well. It, it helps you be more grateful for what you have. You mentioned uh, in the beginning that um, that service to Imam Hussein, uh, that you know when Muharram comes, you feel like you need to do something. Um, obviously, you know attending the majlis is, is is in one way a service that you're doing, but you know there's the the, the people that speak during Muharram that give lectures, the the people that are involved in organizing the the actual events. Um, from parking attendants to the people in the kitchen to the people making tea to the reciters to the people cleaning the the bathrooms when the majlis is over to the people that are writing the poetry each person plays a, a role um let's talk about your role which is uh, writing poetry i want to first ask how do you feel your writing has developed and because uh, you've been doing it for more than 10 years correct uh, how how has it developed, or is is the style of writing? Can I pick a, a a poem from from this year or from ten years ago and not know the difference, or has your style changed? Uh, I think the one thing that's really beautiful about English poetry, just generally, um, yeah. is because um, you know our our community is very new uh, to this society. Not too new, but at least either second or third generation. Yeah, we're not we're not very new at all. Um, and um, so you look at English poetry. In terms of what English poetry is for Imam Hussein, that itself hasn't really been defined even yeah. until now, right? Um, you know, when you think about an Arabic qasida or a Pakistani uh, a poem, you know exactly how it's going to look, the structure of it, the style of it, um, uh, what you can and can't do. English is very just kind of <laughs> all over the place, right? You set and, your own sort of. Um, I mean, I think one thing that's really beautiful is that you've seen the culture kind of change and grow automatically right so i think the the first people the first people to to do a a, a noha for Imam Hussein uh, from what i understand um this is a shout out to brother uh, i think Nazim Ali and he had a group of people as well who were the first people to record a, a, an english noha for Imam Hussein and this is okay, 1993 or so 1995 oh, okay interesting uh, quite a long time ago yeah. uh, then you had you know people like Hassan Mudaffar coming forward uh, and really putting a lot of energy to to to, uh, and Ali Khalqali and uh, there, was a, there was a few names I might have forgotten as well who really put a lot of energy uh, toward reciting English so Jad Jihad, uh, Jihad, even Sheikh Osama Attar as well who's yeah, one of the first yeah, people to yeah, recite yeah. Uh, in English and I think when I came in like ultimately I think every um, forget poet but every creative just expresses themselves the way they know how right so what I was trying to do in the beginning was just write um, the same way I I, uh, I, I 
the same way that the Arabic poets used to write to 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 Latmias, mm. I tried to write that in English, and that's and that's what I've been even now when I write a Qasida, Technically, I'm just trying to do the same thing. So you right? you you'd say that if I if, you, if someone was to pick a poem from seven eight years ago and the way you write today, it's the same style. You haven't. I mean, I think that it's definitely not the words. Obviously, yeah, the it's words, definitely evolved. But the a style, lot, but the style is pretty much the same. I, I think I have diversified uh, since then. So these days, what I'm doing is well, alongside writing qasidas, I try to get, I try to get into like spoken word poetry as well. Mm. Uh, focus on topics that are not necessarily to do with Ahl Bayt Alim Salam. But okay. the whole idea of that is really just to take the messages of Ahl Bayt, standing up for justice uh, and things like that, and just try and make an impact on wider society as well. At the same time, it's not changing one thing for another, but it's diversifying. Um, and also just getting into also uh, couplets and insta poetry as well, which I think is very important. Ultimately, everything I'm trying to do, it just uses the use the the, the resources available to me uh, and, uh, and and what I feel the and, and what I feel poetry is at the time that I can contribute to and express myself via that means. Um, so I think um, and, and I think one thing that, that I've definitely made a mistake on uh, and I think a few people that we know have made the same mistake is thinking we are is thinking we are able to change a culture so thinking for example that we can introduce something new to uh, uh, the, 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 the Shia culture but what I've realized is that culture is not in my hands or your hands or anyone's hands culture itself evolves over time Right, yeah. so poetry is something that will naturally change. I, I can't just stand up one day and say this is how poetry about you know, Hussein is going to be from now on. That's not my job, right? All I can do is contribute what I can, and collectively as a Shia community, we will grow uh, and such. So I think that uh, an English Latmeya or an English poem by Muhammad Hussein will look very different in fifty to hundred years from now, right? And that's not in my hands or your hands. That's just the way that ultimately what Allah intends for for this movement you you you're you're inspired by 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 Arabic poetry uh, in particular by a, a style of poetry that someone um uh, recited like Basim for example Basim Karbalai reads um the writing of of of, of Jabir al-Kadhimi uh, for example is is also uh, your sort of style where you've tried to take the the Arabic and then make it into into English but um the the poetry uh, in Arabic has also changed uh, to we call it in like the the words that ha, that that are being used are more sort of now uh, revolutionary accent <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, so is has when you would you know do you, did you notice that in the Arabic poetry and then have you tried yeah to for sure I mean I think Mark uh, Bart specifically you know he he's diversified his poets um, but I think like like I like I've been trying to allude to poetry generally reflects the times right so right now mm. you're when it comes to Iraqi poetry, the people of Iraq are in a state of, you know, pride and, and revolution. Uh, post two thousand and three, you know, trying to um, uh, hold the Shia identity up and saying we're here against the face of tyranny and, and oppression. <laughs> so the poetry really reflects that, right? So you look back um, 50, 60 years. One of my true role models, Sheikh Kadamondo, who, like, the more I read about him, the more I'm just fascinated by the way he was and the way he used to write. Um, poetry has even changed since those times, right? Then it was very simple, even though it was very, very. His poetry was very complex. The words he used sometimes were quite simple. What right? have you read about Sheikh Kadam? That's that's inspirational. So I think um, one of the main. I mean, generally, with with with, um, with when it comes to um, being in the public limelight, you know, just generally in our community, we find that it's very easy to kind of. Um, let your ego be swayed or, or, or be pulled aside. I don't want to use the word fame because real fame is not anything that we, we see in the Shia community. Real fame is, you know, actors and, and musicians who get millions and millions of following, right? But just that sort of being in the limelight, when when that when that happens to a person, um, there are times where you can see their ego kind of 
sway and, 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 and be proud of something that they shouldn't be proud of because ultimately all tawfiq is from Allah. And the more I read about Sheikh Qadam, one thing that really fascinates me is that despite, even at his time, he was still um, known to be the poet of the time, right? He lived from uh, the late 1800s until uh, 1970s. So he lived a very long life and his whole life he was writing poetry about Imam Hussein. Uh, and despite how much recognition he had for his work, despite how much, um, uh, you know, how many stories are about him, you know, it's even said that um, in the 1950s, the reciter who used to recite his poem tells his story. And Sheikh Qadim himself has said this story, um, like from his own mouth, that um, his title, al Mandur, was basically given to him uh, because the reciter who, who, who was trying to give him a, a title, so whenever he uh, mentions his name and he recites his poem, he could say, this poem is written by Sheikh Qadim, and then give his title. Um, the reciter was saying that I was sitting in the tribe of Imam Hussein, trying to figure out a name for him, and I heard a voice telling me, uh, call him Mandur. Because we are uh, saying, trying to say that we are watching him, right? So, as in, that's a, a amazing story, right? And despite having all this this status and all this uh, amazing tawfiq, he was still a very very sincere person. Um, there's a beautiful story I had when uh, there was a gathering of poets and Sheikh Qadim was there, um, and then the the reciter of the time, uh, Hamza Sagheer, was reciting his his poetry, uh, and the person who was narrating the story was also a poet. <laughs> At the time, Sheikh Qadim was very well recognized and uh, uh, he happened to leave the gathering with Sheikh Qadim. And Qadim turns to him and he said, what do you think of that poem that Hamza recited? And then the guy was like, well, yo, Qadim Mandura, what do you want me to say? He goes, no, no, tell me what you really thought of it. He goes, Sheikh, I thought it was a very nice poem. Sheikh looks at him, he goes, that poem will never see success. He's like, why? He goes, because when I wrote that poem, I wrote this so people know who Qadim Mandura is, not so people know who Imam Hussein is. So this poem will never see Tawfiq. So to have, to be like, that well-known of a person and still have that absolute sincerity um, um, to be honest about yourself and your intentions, I think is absolutely amazing. Um, and, and that's one of the most recent lessons that I've, I've, I've that's kind of the vibe that I'm on these days. Sincerity, that, that's, that's such, such so important in this day and age when it comes to service for Imam al-Hussein alayhi With the rise of of social media, I know you. You said you said people. people we don't. You, I, you didn't want to use the word fame, mm. but some people do actually want to use the word fame. They actually look for 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 for, for being famous. This is something they they'll look for. Um, it's sad, and you know I don't want to go. Off, uh, you know into into all of a sudden people think, thinking that I'm gonna start um, attacking people. attacking people <laughs> because that's not but. You you travel. You read a lot of poetry around uh, the West. I would say so from here, part different parts of the UK, as well as Canada and America and different states. I don't want to say is there sincerity because of course there is, but how because how how easy is it? Because you said it's really easy to fall out into that trap where it's about your ego. How do you sort of? You know, we mentioned this the other day that someone might see, for example, Mr. Sheikh X. Let's not name them. They're like, wow, Sheikh X is here. <laughs> and, uh, and you're like, Sheikh X, you know, he's one of the boys. You yeah. know, I, I sit down with him and I've known him for 10 years. But <laughs> someone else might see me and say, wow, mm. Sheikh Y is here. Yeah. And then again, you travel and they're like, wow, Nuri's here. Nuri's the poet. So how how hard is it to, to all of a sudden, if someone... You know, comes and says, "I want to take a selfie with you." I mean, the thing can is, I have an autograph? Is, can I have a book? And you know, all that. It's easy to fall into the trap. Mm. And then, the, with the rise of social media, yeah. and with the rise of everyone sort of showing what they what they're mm. doing, are we, are we are we losing touch with 
this very important uh, aspect of sincerity in the service because it's a service at the end of the day it's a khidma mm. that's what it's called it's, mm. it's a service you're meant to be a servant you're meant to be a yeah. servant but all of a mm. sudden i feel i'm not saying everyone but i feel you know we're, we're edging towards that sort of fame that sort of oh i'm mm. i am famous mm. i am people take selfies with me mm. how many followers do i have mm. i mean there's a, a lot i can say about this topic i mean um, what, one thing i've definitely learned is that subhanallah allah can take you up mm. and the next day he can bring you down in one day you know i've seen speakers from other um, sects of islam that one day were the biggest speaker and the next day within one you know just because of one controversy that they're, they're completely finished you know even in our community you know we've seen speakers that you know used to be have Thousands of people in front of them, and now they know what to Some be. Some people like controversies, Zori. Subhanallah. But the thing is, I think, I think, I think, what's amazing is that we have to remember that tawfiq is in Allah's hands, right? So for me, the way I keep myself in check, I'm just speaking very honestly as well, um, is that ultimately poetry comes from Allah, right? Poets are just are merely a vessel. You know, all we do is make the intention to write, and then the poetry comes down through it. There's even a hadith about it, something about um. Uh, Ruh al-Qudus helps the poet write about Al-Bayt I believe I've heard some, something like that um, So for me it's very easy I know that if I if I don't keep myself in check And I one day I, 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 I sit up and I say You know what, I've done a good You know, I'm I'm the person behind my, my poetry yeah. uh, Then Allah can say Okay fine, I'm going to give you a writer's block And you'll never be able to write again yeah. <laughs> Right? It's, it's very easy You know, um, so um, there is that And I think one thing I, I've noticed as well And again, like I don't want to be sitting here Trying to judge people or, or or speak down to people, but I've I've seen sometimes um, you know personalities who are who 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 have this ego problem uh, and speak of themselves quite a lot, and I and I sit back and I think you know what if you look in retrospect, like you're not that famous, do you know what I mean? Like you you might have a you have you have a have a decent following, mashallah, people look up to you. But like I told you before, that's not really fame. Do Outside I mean? your city, and no one knows you exactly, or just even if they are known uh, worldwide, it's still just a Shia community that knows you. Mm. Right in retrospect to how many people there are in the world, it doesn't really mean anything, right? And and then and then and then because of that, it looks almost embarrassing to have that pride when there's nothing to be proud of. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like when if 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 um, people generally didn't have pride, they could accomplish so more. Because if you're proud of what you have done, then you're less inclined to work even harder for more, right? So the more you look down on yourself and you're like, you know what, I haven't done enough. I need to do more. Then you're Inspired and pushed to do more And that, 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 that's one thing I think um, Again like I said I don't want to put people down But I feel like as a community We're capable of doing so much more I don't know if that's the, a reason for it But I, I think it's something very important to think about In my opinion uh, you, you travel to different communities So whether you, you're reading at, You're citing at an Iraqi center A Khoja center Pakistani, Indian, and Iranian Or an Afghan You know different Different cultures Um how have they welcomed English poetry in general? Because you know each each community is different. But uh, who's more accepting of? Because let's let's not forget. Maybe like you said, ninety three was the first English ever poem, and even then, it took probably another ten years for it to develop to what it is now. And even now, it's you you, you know it's new. Mm. But uh, how how easily is it accepted? Is it is it is it accepted in in uh, it, it, it's funny because um, when it comes to English poetry, it's been 10 years in, you said yourself, 10 years in, and I, I, I still feel like I'm fighting an uphill battle. 
And I've realized what, when it comes to English poetry, I will always be fighting an uphill battle. Is it a particular culture or is it all generally the Generally, Shia? because when it comes to reciters, for example, they always recite, prefer to recite Arabic and Urdu. And, there's, and I've realized there's nothing I can do to change that. Like I told you before, I, I used to be like, oh, I have to get the reciters to recite English only and make sure only English is recited at Majalis. But now I've realized like that's not in my hands, right? I can't push a reciter to recite something. If he wants to recite, he can recite, right? And just generally, um, when it comes to English poetry, even, even though, subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, I've had so much tawfiq in traveling the world with different centers. I still find, uh, I meet youth that, that, that say, for example, oh, we tried to get you at our center, but the elders don't see the value of you being at the center. And, mm. and to be fair, I kind of agree with them because it's just English poetry, right? But at the same time, uh, it shows you that there's still a disparity and people still don't see the value generally, not of me, but of English poetry. Um, so it's continuously an, an uphill battle. Um, one thing I done recently, which, which, which went really well, alhamdulillah, I managed to recite, it was all tawfiq from Allah. Um, at Yale University um, I was invited by a brother there Brother Mahdi Bakari uh, Who's on the Muslim Student Association uh, And subhanAllah I told you before That I tried to diversify my poetry And get into spoken word poetry yeah. Which I, Looking at it critically I don't even think is that good um, But just trying to recite on, on topics that are not necessary To do specifically with the Ahl Bayt salam. And uh, what he asked me to do Was basically to do like A, um, a set of poems uh, Spoken word poems uh, For a, a very diverse audience uh, and uh, and what was amazing was that because um, it was within the flow of what American poetry, slam poetry these days kind of is, the crowd was Shia, Sunni and non-Muslim and they all appreciated it, which mm. was beautiful. And I think one thing that was also beautiful uh, uh, about that day, and I think this is might be a nice discussion to have as well, um, looking at uh, our community as making sure we're outward looking and not inward looking. Right, so one thing he wanted to do uh, was for me to recite a poem about Shia genocide specifically. So generally, the topics were about uh, there was a few about Islamophobia and about depression and stuff like that. But mm. I recited one about Shia, Shia genocide, genocide specifically, uh, and he said the reason I want you to do this is because um, you know I want just to raise awareness. Uh, people in my university don't really know what's happening with Shia; they don't really know that people are getting killed in Quetta and other places. Uh, and and he said that Subhanallah, the next day after that event, he saw all his Sunni friends were sharing Facebook posts about a bombing in Quetta. Right. So what that really taught me, taught me is that we should all use our talents and creativity, not just to be inward looking. And, and I, I don't, I don't want to uh, uh, divide my poetry into inward looking, outward looking, but generally poetry about the Ahl Bayt is dedicated toward people who love the Ahl Bayt, Right. And my spoken word poetry generally is dedicated to anyone. Um, and what was, and, and, and what I realized was that you can use your talent um, to tell, to, to show the, the greater world who you are and what you have to offer them. And what you're going through uh, And I think subhanAllah It really showed the impact of that um, And I think You know And, and alhamdulillah it, 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 was, uh, it was a great topic so, so when it comes to English poetry You know It's, 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 it's a very diverse Set of rules in the one rule But um, subhanAllah I, I rarely had an occasion Where I've gone to a mosque And recited to a crowd Who have sat back And been like What is this They've always been able to appreciate Because they all understand English Right? Of course uh, Alhamdulillah So it's always been, it's, been you, you, it's, it's, it's important I just you, you mentioned this and you said this, maybe it would be a good discussion. The fact that our communities are inward. I mean, I, I want to understand are you what I'm thinking is correct. By that, do you mean that we, we, we're not involved in what's happening outside our mosques? Mm. We're not involved politically. So it, we're not involved. Is it what, what level are we talking? You know, It's really hard to define because when you talk about community, when we use the words community, what we're really referring to, me and you, is the mosque that we know, the people that we know, yeah. the circles that we know. But the Shia community in the West is, is huge. You know, it's incredibly diverse. So I don't want to paint a brush with everyone. But I think just generally, um, one thing I've noticed from my travels, you know, when it comes to 
issues that affect wider society. So you have, for example, the Black Lives Matter movement in America, which is very important. You have knife crime here in London. You have poverty and the homeless here in London, which, shout out who is the same, is doing a great job uh, uh, working with uh, and trying to, to, to alleviate that. And you have, for example, um, the immigration crisis in America as well. And just generally all over the world, you have all these problems, right? As the one true faith, we have all the answers to all the problems, right? But I do not see personally what I've, I've seen. I feel that we have kept those answers to ourselves. Those answers should be given to everyone, right? So I was telling you the other day, for example, when it comes to our Muharram uh, lecture series is given by respected speakers. Um, you know, Muharram, those 10 days is our chance to show the wider world what we have to offer them, right? What our religion can, 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 can do to help alleviate uh, the issues of the, of the wider world, you know? So... Um, How are we doing that if we're, if, we're, if we're reciting to the people in our mosques? The thing is, I, th- I even think, the I YouTube, think, the thing if is, the videos think, are going on YouTube or wherever they're going, they're still being seen by Shias because yeah. the topics are, whether it's historical mm. or whether, the topics are related to, to only a Shia will understand. Yeah. I mean, I, I think community building, How can we, community building is still important. We should never forget that, right? So yeah. when you sit down and give a lecture about marriage, for example, you're still helping a lot of people, yeah. right? But I think you should also be outward looking as you are inward looking with communities. And I was telling you the other day when I went to to uh, America, I met with a few uh, Sunni imams who are doing really fantastic work. So, for example, when it comes to uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, there's Imam Omar Saliman who's at the forefront of that movement. Whenever there's a black person that gets shot in America who needs a funeral prayer, he is the imam they call. Yeah. Whenever they need a spokesperson from the Muslim community about this issue, he is the imam they call. You know, when there was an issue, uh, a crisis on the border with immigrants being detained, he was the person representing the Muslim community that traveled there and wrote about it, right? Yeah. You have uh, speakers like Imam Khaled Latif, uh, uh, ICNYU in New York, who's doing wonderful work. He, he, he told me himself, he said, we offer our mosque as a, pl- a, a as a venue for the meeting place of Black Lives Matter uh, activists, right? So these people are uh, uh, and these communities are the direct link of activists around the world of activists in that area. Um, and as I told you last time, as the people who, from the message of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we learn standing up for justice, we learn standing up in the face of tyranny. We should be there. We should be at the forefront of these movements. But right? a lot of these, a lot of these things that you're talking, not a lot of these no. things. Some of these things that which you're talking about, where are, let's say, community leaders, speakers, scholars, whoever it is, and they, as you mentioned, you know, some are, are are actually doing some work, but not enough. If all of a sudden they start getting involved in this stuff, sometimes it involves getting involved politically, and sometimes they have to get involved um, with the governments where where they're living, and then before you know it, there's another because I, since you mentioned it, let's let's mm. let's let's let's. let's um, Let's be serious and you know all all all. Let's not hide the truth, as they say. You get you get a group of people that will come out and say, "You're a is it house Muslim is the term <laughs> house Muslim how you're house Muslims <laughs> yeah. or or you're working with the government or before you know what you're called as I don't know you yeah know, I don't want to name yeah. stuff that I'm not sure about but what I'm saying is some of our I've had this conversation um, with some people. They're like, you know, even if we, if we we are trying to do some good work, we get pulled down for it. We get pulled down for it. Well, it's that hadith by Muhammad that really uh, inspires me and it always makes you remember. He says, if I um, and I hope it's a uh, authentic hadith, but he says, uh, if I if I went for the caliphate, they call me hungry for power, and if I didn't go for it, they'd say I was a coward. Which means people will always complain no matter what you do, right? Mm-hmm. But as a, as a Muslim, as a Shia Muslim, we should be able to put ourselves in any situation and act and be able to, to, to deal with that situation, right? While holding our values at the same time, 
right? There's no reason you can't you can't do any of that and still hold your. Some values. people worry it, it, about their positions, maybe. As in, yeah, maybe they or their do. Status maybe they do, but um, the community. Do you know? What I mean, I, I, it's not for me to, to 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 judge people, and 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 everyone's in their own kind of you know has their own intentions and and can deal with the situation the best way they know how. But whatever the situation is, we need people in those positions, right? Right now, we're at a very uh, uh, the perfect time. There's so many uh, 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 people that are, are, are um, fighting uh, uh, for the rights of the oppressed in the West, right? And that is our role as Shia Muslims to fight for the rights of the oppressed. That's what Imam saying taught us. So we should be there and they're more than happy to work with us, but they don't know where we are. They don't know us. Generally, okay. and the yeah, thing yeah, is, like, I, I don't, I don't want to paint a brush yeah, yeah, or, or come off as pessimistic. Yeah, 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 I'm sure yeah, there's plenty of people doing fantastic work. But it's good that, that we're having this discussion. Yeah, we but feel I feel that like that... more of us. And the thing is, like, again, like with me, for example, even I've just started to. I know it's nothing big, but just a few poems here and there about uh, different issues that are not related to the debate, but about oppression in the wider world. Because I just want to feel like I'm doing my part as well, um, you know. And I'll, I'll never forget. Um, and this is a very, very, very small thing. But I remember once I tweeted a poem. It was about. Um, uh, I, I put together a spoken word poem. It was about um, profiling an airport or something like that. Uh, and then I got a tweet from uh, a, a African American uh, poet, non-Muslim, from the other side of the world. And he tweeted me. He goes, "Brother, I'm appreciating your words so much. I'm clicking my fingers." And basically, in spoken word, they click their fingers yeah. when they want to appreciate your poetry. And I sat back and I was like, "You know what? Like, it's crazy how I just made that one step. I know it's, it's not some big thing, but I made yeah. this one step, and I managed to to." to communicate my emotion to someone on the other side of the world, right? Who now appreciates me as a proud Shia Muslim. Despite the fact that I am a Shia Muslim, he still appreciates me and he's willing to work with me and willing to understand me, right? So I feel like people are always willing to work with you, understand you, but they need to see you first. How? Right? I think, yeah, I like this click <laughs> finger, I think, for, for the... How, how is it different, by the way, writing... Uh, Spoken word and yeah, writing it's, your, it's, your poetry for I, the whole I, I still haven't figured out spoken words to be honest. I mean, generally, spoken words are more, more about the rhyme than about the poem, um, and it, it's 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 not something I want to sit back and say, "Oh, I've mastered it," because I haven't. But I just kind of put my emotions together, and I use the same kind of rules that. that but I, your style when you recite is is very similar to the spoken word, this, or no? Uh, not really. No, they're quite different. Um, but subhanallah, I think one complements the other. So, for example, I've started to use more rhymes in my qasidas now. Okay. Um, you know, and then spoken word. You know, I I I I follow the same rules of Qasir, for example, focusing on a story or focusing on a metaphor or a character. So those ideas blend. So I mean, that's the beauty of diversifying, right? Not just in poetry, but in any aspect of your life. When you diversify, um, all those aspects of your life kind of complement each other, uh, and you strengthen yourself, which I think is important. I think uh, a problem that we we face talking about. You know, we mentioned a few a few issues. Goes back one of it goes back to our identity. Uh, and how we see ourselves You just mentioned you see yourselves as a Shia Muslim mm. um, Some people still see themselves I'm not saying this is bad But they see themselves and, as an Iraq Even if they live in the West They see themselves as a Karbala'i or a Najafi mm. or Basra Wherever they're from uh, Living in the West mm. uh, So, so and, and, and even the youth And we, I spoke with Sheikh Ali about this recently um, On like one of the first podcasts About the identity of the youth in the West And I think that's where A lot of people are lost They don't know what What what, what is their identity I mean We're lying to ourselves Everyone feels lost In our community I think You know I mean and I think um, When it comes to identity that, That's something that I myself Struggle with too Right and, Because and you're you're Originally from Your parents from Pakistan Not, not just that but The thing is My community are all very proud of that identity You can safely say You know I'm an Iraqi 
when lived in Iran, Najafi, you know, you know exactly who you are. But I'm very confused because I'm third generation Pakistani. I grew up in an Iraqi community, yeah. uh, and I'm a, con- uh, a convert to, to Shia Islam. Yeah. Um, you know, I have Sufi. You're definitely lost. Yeah, I have. I have uh, one one side of my family who's very conservative. Uh, Sufi have one Sufi. side who's very like intellectual. Um, so you know, but I think when I the, the kind of realization that I personally came to because I can't speak for anyone else yeah. is that all these aspects of you are not there to divide you. They're there to strengthen you and bring you together, right? So I came to a point in my life where I was like, you know what? I'm proud to have Sufi heritage because there's so much you can learn from that. Yes, I'm a Shia, but I, I can still learn from the spirituality of that. You know what I mean? I'm proud to have uh, not only Pakistani heritage, but also be heavily involved in the Iraqi community because it means when I go to Iraq, I can deal with people, um, you know, the way they deal with people, right? And not be seen as an outsider. Uh, and I can still be proud of that Pakistani heritage at the same time. So it all complements each other. Um, and I think... When it comes to this topic specifically, and uh, one piece of advice I, I can give to people is Imam Ali's hadith where he says, he who knows himself knows his Lord. We heard the hadith a thousand times. One thing I take back from that hadith is that you can never know yourself and you can never know your Lord, right? But your life is constantly a journey trying to find yourself, trying to find yourself. and trying to find your Lord, right? So, so it's a struggle all the time. It's a struggle, but it's a beautiful struggle because you're trying to find yourself. You're trying to explore these parts, find out who you are, what your purpose is in this world. Um, especially with creatives, you know, this is how, how creatives think. You know, they're just trying to process uh, all these questions that they have in art, all this pain that they have in art. Um, and I think that's what I try to do. I'm just constantly on a journey trying to trying to find myself. And I think that what's beautiful about um, uh, you know the traveling as well is that I get to go, I get to be here, I get to uh, go to America, and I get to be in Iraq. Three very different places, yeah. right? But each of those strengthens a part of me. You know, and that all comes together. And I think that's 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 something that's very important as well. Um, so it's just very important for people to 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 be comfortable with themselves, happy with themselves. And I think we always talk about how identity is a struggle, right? But like I said, it can be a beautiful struggle. It doesn't have to be a struggle that you can hate. You know, the worst thing you can do is hate yourself. I think the one message to give to people is at least love yourself. And I think that's one thing that um, even me being, uh, you know, descended from immigrants um, and just uh, our community being an immigrant community is we're, we're, we're almost made to hate ourselves, hate our past, you know, but we should embrace that and love ourselves and be proud of who we are. You're, you're very comfortable actually with yourself because there was a time where this famous story where someone in Karbala actually thought you, you live in Karbala, <laughs> thought you're an Iraqi and then when he he heard you speak English, yeah, he was, he was confused because <laughs> you, you go to Karbala so many times and and because you, the way you deal, you you see the way people deal here in Iraqi centers, so you know how to deal <laughs> with the Iraqis. Yeah. So 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 yeah, I I it's, it's, I like the way that you mentioned that you need to love yourself and you need to be comfortable with um, with yourself and 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 continue on this on this on this journey of 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 knowing yourself. How does traveling help you? understand yourself when you you know with regards especially the fact that because you're saying english mm. it doesn't mean you only go to a, a like you do go to only an english but you're speaking center but you're going to pakistanis Khojas, different you're yeah. different meeting different communities yeah. what are you learning from your yeah. travels i mean subhanallah we have uh, so much hadith that, that really um uh praise travel and the effects it have on you i think yeah. it's absolutely the best education you can go through um you know when you're forced to be in another part of the world uh, in an environment you have no idea about, but you're forced to deal with that environment and forced to sit with people that you've never sat with before, mm-hmm. you know, cultures you've never dealt with before, but you're forced to kind of sit there uh, and know how to entertain these people. Not entertain, but I mean, entertain that, 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 the gathering. Um, and entertain the idea of being there. 
And I think, like I said before, what that does is strengthen different parts of yourself, right? And it builds your confidence. Um, as a Shia Muslim, we should be able to be in any sort of environment, in any sort of any city in the world, and be able to deal with that situation. Uh, and I think that's what's very important. And subhanAllah, one thing that's really beautiful as well um, is when you go halfway across the world, and it, it sounds funny to say, but when you really experience it, because you've only experienced your, your local center or your local community or London Shia, you mm. go halfway across the world and you see a mosque where they also hold majalis and they also hold programs. And there's also Shia there uh, who are doing majalis and, and doing azar. Um, and and it, it's so beautiful to see that as well. It mm. makes you realize you're, 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 you're a part of something that's huge. Um, and yeah, it, it's really inspiring. Um, if someone wants to get into poetry And we're talking about poetry uh, About the Ahlul Bayt um, What advice would you give them? Because uh, I've uh, Again through my travels to the US uh, <clears throat> I've seen now Before the main lecture um, You have people come up The, the, the younger kids And of course the, the teens The, the youth and, and recite poetry And some of it I'm thinking Wow This is this is really good mm. uh, Really good stuff um, um, But Again They're not giving the, opportun the, the, the opportunity To do this It's only A few centers That are accepting Of, of English English lectures And English majalis What advice Would you give Would you give our, our, The kids out there The youth That might have a hobby Of writing Um but number one, they they they're scared. They're not going to give get an opportunity mm. because I I remember you told me once that when you first were writing, you'd actually go to the organizer and say, "Can I recite a, a five minute poem uh, before before the main lecture?" And then that's how you built up your confidence and your writing skills. And then people started inviting you. Mm. Should they take the same path? Or I mean, I think I mean in the past, uh, a lot of upcoming poets have messaged me and been like, brother, I want to follow what you did and, uh, and, and try and do the same things you did. How can you advise me to, to help me do what, what you did? And I think the problem there is emulating someone else's path too much, right? Yeah. Ultimately, we're all in our own paths, right? Even when it comes to the poetry, even recently, there's a, a poet on Instagram who's sharing beautiful, amazing, like I've, I've, I don't think I've seen English poetry that's that beautiful in a long time. Uh, and and he, he asked me, brother, do you mind if I, 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 I seek your advice from now, now and then? I said, look, I don't mind. But but what I fear is that if I keep giving you advice, you're going to become too much like me. I don't want you to become like me. I want you to find your own space when it comes to poetry, right? Because poetry ultimately is an expression of the emotion inside you. And I feel like when you emulate someone too much, you become too much like them. You're almost lying to yourself because you're not writing like yourself anymore. But we don't right? have enough poets now. Like I, I know we don't have enough. You're going to say maybe we don't have enough English reciters. <laughs> yeah. Um, but shouldn't there be like a variety of poets Just like there's there's an, in, the, in the Urdu There's like in the yeah, Arabic uh, That's what I want to push right And th th I want each 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 poet not to be a copy of another but I want each poet to have their own strengths and, and, and really share that strength with the world And I think another mistake that we're making as well um, I was having this conversation with a brother I think it was in Canada a few, a few months ago And he was saying like I want to get my poetry out there Like how do I do that? I was like look Ultimately, the one thing me and you have to remember is that this is all tawfiq from Allah. Today I'm in the limelight, tomorrow I might be gone because Allah decides it. It's not up to me, right? There's no way to get your poetry out there. What you need to focus on, what I need to focus on is enjoying creating. Just enjoying writing the poem. Share it out there. Even now, what I do these days, you know, before when I used to do Muharram's albums, you remember, I used to make a big deal out of it, make a trailer, uh, you know, say countdown, you know, get ready for it. Now I just put it out there. Whoever wants to listen to it can. Whoever doesn't, doesn't have to, 
right? Because ultimately Allah is going to bring it up, not me. I can't, I can't, I can't be so arrogant to think that I can push it in front of people and say, watch this or listen to this, or just generally with poetry as well. Even though I put it out there, some of and subhanAllah, like like even on Instagram, some of the poetry that I really don't think I should have even shared goes further than I thought it would. And some of the poetry that I put a lot of effort in doesn't go anywhere. So so like I the, my biggest lesson is 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 and the biggest thing I've learned is that uh tawfiq comes solely from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what what my advice to writers would be uh number one, find your own style and your own comfort in your own comfort. Number two, don't be too worried about uh sharing it. You know, obviously we have this desire to share and people to hear it, but don't be but but don't be too worried about sharing it in the sense that if there's five people in the mosque or a thousand people in the mosque, you still recite the same way. Right? And and really just love how it feels to create. Uh, and my last advice would be, subhanAllah, like over the years, I've seen so many poets like just kind of come and go. I haven't I haven't really seen uh, too many poets that are, are continuously stick to, writing, yeah. okay, stick to yeah. it, you know. If you're going to do it, stick to it. Keep going, keep growing. You know, whether you get attention or you don't, it doesn't matter. Just just you do it and you keep going. Um, and I mean, subhanAllah. Because the ultimate goal isn't to get famous. No, I mean, the it's, ulti- it's yeah. not a goal at it's all. It's not a goal at all. Fame and and the thing the, is, like the, the we, ultimate goal is getting getting. The thing is, we use the word fame, but like what one thing that I appreciate is not the fame. The fame is nothing, but the respect that you get from people is a big gift from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Because yeah. you can work years and years to get respect from people, right? Mm. So that's that's that that's my blessing, uh, I believe anyway. Um, but one thing I've also realized as well, and I realized this uh, just after uh, Muharram, and I'll share with you th- this story. Uh, it's quite a beautiful story. Um, you know how before I was saying that, you know, we don't write our own poems. They just come from a different place, right? Um, I was sitting down one night and I had to write a poem for a majlis. And I got a message from um, this girls group, uh, young girls group uh, in our local center. They said, brother, we're, we're going to re- record a track like in two days. Can you send us a poem? And this was at a time where I just I stopped recite, writing for recitals because it was just so stressful, right? And I was like, and I already had to write a poem that night for a majlis. I was like, you know, what? I'll, I'll write it. I want to listen to it. So I wrote them a very simple poem. I uh, I gave it to them. Uh, they liked it, alhamdulillah. Then I wrote a second poem about Ali Azgar. <laughs> and I was sitting down, this is like 2 a.m. I'm writing this poem. Uh, and I wrote this line and it, uh, I'm just paraphrasing it. And I was saying, um, oh Zainab, like um, uh, like the, the, the what happened to, to Azgar and Imam Hussain makes the strands of our souls ache. Uh, what father can ever uh, bear to hear the bones of his baby's neck break? Oh. I wrote that and I sat back for a second I looked at that poetry uh, I looked at that poetry and I was like there's no way I could have written that line like that, that that did not come from like I knew there and then this did not come from me that's when I fully realized that I'm just like poets generally when it comes to elevate are just vessels and it comes from a, a greater place all we do is we have the effort so I I dedicated the time of that night to write and then it comes from 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 I was uh, ask. And, and sorry to stop you off the next day and uh, I don't know if I should be sharing this story on camera, but the next day, uh, uh, a Tijani messaged me. He goes, bro, I had a dream last night that you were uh, reciting in the shrine of Imam Hussain. Um, and you recited this poem about Fadl Abbas, salam. And I don't remember all of it, but I remember distinctly one couplet. And he gave me the couplet and I wrote it down. Uh, I have it on my, on my phone. And he was like, um, he said something that, that makes me shake. He goes, in my mind, because that dream was the way it was, it wasn't you reciting the poem. Uh, it was the words of Imam Hussain himself. And it shows you just, you know, even, you know, despite all the traveling and, all, all, you know, all, all the, the likes on Instagram, that's the only recognition that you need. You know, that, 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 that moment of solitude, writing a very simple poem, 
for a bunch of young girls writing a, a, a poem for a majlis and then and, and that's what Imam Hussein looks at and really appreciates subhanAllah so I think that that's Can I uh, ask you to do you, do, you, do you know the couplet that, that, that uh, uh, teacher, was it Abbas Tijani? Yeah So while while you look for the for the poem I also want to ask as, as you recite it do you get in the zone too do you get like in a special zone when you want to write or like are you walking and then you say something comes to your mind or do you have to be prepared to recite um oh you mean reciting specifically no no writing about oh writing sorry. um like so, so, yeah subhanallah like i told you before like i find it very hard recently to write for, for recite specifically mm. and i think what i've realized is the issue with that is that i'm not Writing because I have the desire to. I'm writing almost because I've been, and, and it sounds really bad to say because it's all service from Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But I feel like one thing that um, people generally and reciters don't understand is how much of a stress on the mind it is to to to, to write. So let's say, for example, someone messages me saying I need a poem for for next week. For example, the whole next week, like I have this anxiety, just trying to think of a topic as I'm going to work, as I'm going home, as I'm as I'm doing other stuff. And it's really like like someone's taking your mind and just and just gripping it and crushing it, uh, and 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 yeah, of course, like writing the poem itself doesn't take much effort, but it's the thinking that really hurts. And I really have to uh, to find um, a way to kind of deal with that because it's very important to, to write for reciters. But just generally, you know, I really, um, alhamdulillah, I, I, I um, when when the feeling comes um, of of yearning to to, to write for Imam Hussein, that's probably when the best poetry kind of kind of comes out sing down in solitude and writing down uh, the couplet is here so it's just a few lines yeah um but it's um i saw abbas upon his horse with no arms flailing his heart wailing his hope sailing whispering over and over i'm failing and and what's crazy about this couplet is that the more you look at it the more perfect it is in terms of the way it rhymes and the structure and everything so so i i, I really believe that this couplet did come from imam hussein and I, I, it would it's, it's, it's just such a talking of an, um uh, Al-Abbas alayhi salam and Imam Al-Hussein alayhi salam uh, I want to end with what we said we're going to speak about and that is the ziyara the, the the visitation of of Iraq or, or any any of the of the holy cities where is, whether it's Medina where the holy messenger of Allah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the imams of Baqi'ah buried or Mashhad or in particular uh, the holy shrines in Iraq I know you make time to to try and visit at least once a year. Um, why do you make time, uh, and what's the feeling when you when you know when when you're there for ziyara? You know, it, it's funny, and, and I I fear making this comparison, but um, sometimes people you know say like like you know how could you you know going to ziyara is nice, but you really have to go every year. Mm. And I was like, look, if someone told you, um, you know, uh, you need to take a work trip. For a week away from your wife and your family yeah. that work trip will pay you a million pounds yeah which crazy person would not take that trip you'll right? always take it all right ziara you're not getting a million pounds but you're getting untold thawab everything you spend in ziara you get back by like what seven or 70 times or whatever it is and you get to go to a place where anything you ask for will come true and you yeah. get to visit your master Imam Hussein, right i truly believe that that literally everything i have in my life um it comes from the blessings of, of, of Ziyarat al-Muhammad Hussain alayhi yeah. um, And, um, you know, the uh, the actual question, why do I go? I still can't figure out. But ultimately, it comes back to the hadith that we started with at the beginning, right? There's a fire There's a flame in the hearts in heart. of the believers that never burns out. And, and that's what it is. We're dragged. You know, me and you together, like you go every mm. year as well. We're pulled 
to go yeah. for ziara you know you know it's like when you're walking to to Karbala and your feet are broken especially me i've realized i'm tall so there's more weight on my feet don't try and make excuses for that <laughs> so it really hurts my feet right and it's like there's there's no sane reason to not get in a taxi and take the taxi yeah, right but you can't but continue. you're just dragged it's like like yeah. someone's pulling you you know by your collar to it and and, it, and i want to say it's love i want to say it's light um but you know it's 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 just um it, it, it and i think what it boils down to bro is love of truth, love of justice, and love of Allah's light. That's what we're drawn to, right? The same way people yeah. circulate the Kaaba, you know, we're drawn to Imam Hussein's uh, grave like a magnet. Um, and uh, and and like honestly, like the the the, the my my one wish, and I'm sure you share this wish, and all the lovers of Imam Hussein, I share this wish, is that the same way that when, when we die, the same way that we made all that effort to visit Imam Hussein in his grave, he will visit us in our grave when we need him the most and save us from all the pain and suffering. Uh, and that's ultimately the biggest reason I go for ziyarat. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, you you mentioned everything so so perfectly. The fact that I've and those that know me, you're one of them. Those that know uh, the close people that know me will know that I've never asked for anything near the shrine of Imam Al Hussein, and it has not been fulfilled before the the next year. So anything I, I can ask I can for, testify that too. Yeah. So yeah. so so that's why I said Sorry, those that. So, so just to cut you off, there something happened recently in my life. It's actually quite funny because uh, it was happening. I was like, why is this happening? It was it was a good thing. It was happening. I was like, why is this happening? And I realized I'd asked for it last year. Yeah. So it's almost as if Imam Hussein's quickly giving it to me this year before I come back yeah, yeah. before the year's ended. And subhanAllah that's that's, that's 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 even I'm just I'm not saying that's the reason why we go. Yeah. I'm saying even even that you know whenever you go and. You know whether it's health or rizq, sustenance, or you know you just you know at the end of the day you just want to have a nice uh, uh, job. You know look after your family. You know mm. you're not asking for for any. But Imam Hussein alayhi salam, you know it's his intercession that I feel gets me where I am in my life. And as you mentioned, more 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 importantly, is that what we want in the next life, which is. Um, his it. his presence at the, t the 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 most difficult time, whether it's at the time of uh, our questioning in the grave, or whether it's questioning with the Lord, then inshallah, as the Holy Quran says, that Allah allows shafa'a for those that He wishes for. I c we can continue just on this topic of ziyara <laughs> for 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 an hour. Nuri um, Sardar, it's been an honor having you. Um, uh, inshallah may Allah give you all the tawfiq to continue doing what you're doing in your life That's right. we wish you all the success and uh, remember us remember all those listening when you go for ziyar inshallah awesome. thank you thank you